We're back for another episode of the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg, once again, talking too much like I always do, but that's why I started a podcast. So this week for episode 87 of the Capes and Tights podcast, we have Travis Gibb, writer extraordinaire of comic books like Coins of Judas over at Band of Bards, Granite State Punk at Scout Comics, and Holiday Spirits, a Kickstarter campaign that I was lucky enough to back uh, not a few, not too long ago. Here's a copy if you're watching of Holiday Spirits. But we chatted comic books. We chatted his kind of comic book origin story. We chatted New England, New Hampshire, because he's from Rochester and I'm from Maine. And we talked a bunch of more stuff on here. So check this episode out. But before you do, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Capes and Tights. Find us on there. Apple and Spotify and all your major podcasting platforms. Subscribe, rate, review, five stars, please. That'd be amazing. As always, capesandtights.com has a wide variety of things you can look at on there. But this episode, episode 87, is Travis Gibb, comic book writer. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome, Travis. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm great. It's just an awkward thing to be like, how are you? Even though we've been talking for five minutes before pressing record. It's always the weirdest thing. Because it is, it's look, also weird to do this at 9 a.m. Like, yes. uh, I don't do a lot of morning interviews, so I'm very confused. I'm not sure, like, where my energy level is going to be at. So, it's a weird I should day. have texted it's, you and been like, hey, you should just stay up all night. So, this is really late right. night. <laughs> just get yourself in a delirious state like you normally are when you do interviews at 10, 10 p.m. <laughs> well, I, I used to do it a lot of the time, and then I end up having, I do two or three a day now. Like I just right. like put them all into days. And so I schedule them out like three or four hours apart and stuff like that. So there are people and usually the West coast people end up getting those later on in the days for me sure. things. Cause obviously to them it's whatever, but I had someone who I, I, I had set up a, a, a interview and I was like, Oh, there's another person from this project that also could join us. So let me just contact them and see if they want to join. But the time slot had already been like scheduled and they were yeah. an East coast person. And so this other person was West coast. And it was like, I think we were recording at like 10 o'clock in the morning. And this person's like, yeah, no big deal. I'll get up. I'll, it might be a little groggy, but I'm like, I don't. Okay, nine o'clock in the morning is one thing, but like you getting me up and and ready and and starting to record at seven o'clock in the morning, you can screw. I'm like, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's early. I, I, nine well, o'clock, okay. But didn't you just do Rich Duek and yeah. uh, Alex Cormack? So they're yeah. both they're both East Coast. I'm sorry, I was yeah. thinking John Lee's for a minute. I was yes. like, because John Lee's is England, and yeah. uh, whenever I hear Alex Cormack, I'm like John Lee's. <laughs> We, uh, I've talked to people from like, there was one person I wanted to talk to from Australia. And I was like, that's just not going to work because no matter what time works for them, it's likely not going to work for me. And so like, I just don't think this is going to work when you come stateside, we'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. But like Australia was a little bit too much of a time change for me. Oh, <laughs> I, I think to get you to, like, could do it. David, David, I talked to David Azan and he's up, he's up a lot of times at like nine from like nine to 10. Okay. That's like his. So like, that would be nine. Would that be right around nine to 10 for, for, for New England or what's the time change for Australia? I have no idea what time it is. A long today, time. I, when I see him on the internet, it's between nine and uh, between like eight and 10 PM. <laughs> when you're talking at that point, you're talking to someone in the future, right? Cause they're like an right, entire day. Right. Ahead of time. He, he, he can tell me all the amazing things that's going to happen to me for the day. It's going to be shitty. That's what it's going to be. No, it's going to be shitty. Man, how um, hardcore is Australians, man? Like their whole place fell on fire. They had like the worst pandemic shutdown. Kangaroos attacked them on the regular because they all had to come into the city. Like it is wild to live in Australia. <laughs> I, I, you're right, and it takes a tough person. No, I, right. I moved to Australia. I don't like that. Those <laughs> things, maybe not, but like it's one of those like weird places. Like where would you move in the world? And I'm like New Zealand or Australia. That could do that because it's like close enough to the United States. That's like, but like not. And also, right. I, you know, it's different. But I'm also like, we had talked before we press record. You, you're from New Hampshire. I, I, I live in Maine. I'm from New England. You're now in Florida. But, but like Maine and New England and stuff like that. There's like no poisonous snakes. <laughs> there's no right. real like tornadoes or like hurricanes don't really hit us that bad. Uh, okay, yeah, we get cold winters that we can deal with. But like other than that, like my son who's two years old can pretty much just play in the yard. Okay, he worries about ticks, but right. but if that's what he if that we're worrying about is ticks, then I think we're okay here in New England. You're right, forest fires and, and kangaroos attacking. I'm all set with moving to Australia now that I thought. Right, it. it's it is. I mean, ticks are leeches. You know, you yeah, got leeches periodically. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, the the stray, uh, you know, rabid skunk here and there. But yeah, we're good. Right. right. 
Um, I just finally took these out of the actual packaging because obviously I read them uh, uh, digitally. I love nice. the, like the the like uh, almost like I don't even know like satin. I yeah, like, yeah, we do what's called it's called a soft cover. Uh, okay, and uh, it, they're very very cool. Uh, it it actually was uh, such a blessing. So you're looking at holiday spirits. Yes. Um, and uh, it was all the paper they had because of the paper shortage uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. And they're like, "Hey, we have this. Do you like it?" And I was like, "Do I like it? Yes. This is better. Can we do all my books this way?" Like, what are you talking about? Can you do single issues like this too, please? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I was just I just I, I had opened it out of the um, uh, bag and board. Uh, that actually, I think that, that that should have been a premium upgrade right there, right? Get a bag and board with it. The way the bag <laughs> and boards were hard to get for a while there too. Just be like, okay, for the next level on your Kickstarter, you get it bag right. And, and putting them in, like putting a trade into a bag and board, is effort. Like it is not yes. an easy thing, ladies yes. and gentlemen. It is. It's they're not designed for that. <laughs> no, and that's funny because like at my buddy's LCS, I, I we I uh, have made a deal with him in a sense that. I pay for bags and boards and I bag and board some of his comp. It's like his new releases aren't bagged and boarded. Obviously his right. trades are not all bagged because obviously they're on like a shelf for like trade. So people can like flip through them and stuff like that. Uh, but I made a deal with him. If I buy the bags and boards, can I put on the back of the bag and board, like the back of the bag where you basically would tape it shut a little sticker. that says this, one of these creators were featured on the podcast and then it shows oh, nice. an episode number and a QR code. And so what I ended up doing for, for trades it's like I do like one of them. So like it's not all of them are like that. But I just yeah. put them in a bag. I put them in a like a golden age bag and say, call it good. No board, no nothing. Just so it's right. like something that's I'm not sticking the sticker on the actual trade that I'm actually like putting it on there. But uh, yeah, I realized that afterwards that bagging and boarding a a, a trade is not or a, or a yes. graphic novel is not the easiest thing in the world. That Scout in a comp. last Ronin comp. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was so di it's so crazy that I was so disappointed when Last Ronin came out and it was the bigger size because I I wanted it regular and then when they switched to volume two I'm mad at them again because they switched from the bigger size. So I just had I just had a conversation with Kevin Eastman and I I was like I don't okay. want to ask him this question but I'm gonna ask him this question towards the end if I have time why right. and so here's the deal so TM uh, Last Ronin Volume One the five issue miniseries that came out is that oversized print because of the old Mirage days when it first came out. Was yeah, like Matt Magazine. Print, yeah, right. yeah. Then this is technically not a second volume. This is a IDW has needed something to hold them off until volume two. Right. And so they did this Lost Years book and that's they wanted to make it regular comic book size and so on and so forth. So when actual Last Run in Volume 2 comes back out or comes out, it's going to be in that oversized thing. And I'm like, that almost pissed me off more. <laughs> like. <laughs> Pick a road. Like, okay, I understand the whole thing, but now we're going to have to go back to these things. And then I thought to myself, why is IDW not partnering with, like, and making last Ronin size bags and boards? Like, right. this would be an opportunity for you to, like, make a bunch of money because most of us only have five or six. I mean, I have, like, 50 copies of the last Ronin, but most people only have five or six copies of it, and they'd have to buy 100 bags and boards. Right. And so you'd sell a bunch of stuff, and then they'd only need five. Like, I, just, I don't understand why we've been doing this for three years now, why there isn't a last Ronin size bag and board that has come out that IDW could put their name on. It right. could be all and, over the place on IDW. But... And we can use it for our bat deck book, too, you know, mm -hmm. which is great. <laughs> but I just, it's just kind of funny. I'm like, so I found that out. I was like, okay. Now you're like almost pissing me off even more the fact that you're going back to that size, but it is what it is. And, and it's it, almost you know. saying that this isn't important. Yeah. Right? It, it's saying like, you don't really need to read this. <laughs> no, but I was like laughing too. I'm like, wait, this is what we want. I'm like, wait, you are creating, you're creating it for yourself because you're the creator of the book, but like, but really you're creating it for us as the reader. So like, what do we want? And I was thinking I, to myself, I'm like, as much as I hated the last Ronin being that size after five issues, Okay. That's the way it's gonna be, and then they came out with the lost years. I'm like, no, stop! And then they're going right. back, and that's the whole back and forth thing is just pissing me off. But we're not here to talk about last run, and we're here to talk about Travis and your stuff. Well, Travis first, I'm always down to talk about Ninja Turtles, so yes, that that's incorrect. But <laughs> you are but, uh, right. You are right. We're talking about another book. <laughs> uh, so we uh, start. I mean, start off. Like, how did you get into reading like, and collecting comic books in the first place? Like, how is what's your kind of origin story on on comic books? So this is going to be crazy because we're going to go back to the Ninja Turtles. Yes. Uh, so I'm from Rochester, New Hampshire, and mm -hmm. uh, you being from New England probably know that the Ninja Turtles were created in Dover, New Hampshire. Dover, mm -hmm. New Hampshire is right next door. It's a city right next door to Rochester. Uh, 
So for me growing up, the Ninja Turtles were such a big thing. L- local boys doing an indie comic. That's that's really crazy. Uh, so I always loved them, you know, and I'm at the age, I'm in my 40s. So like Ninja Turtles were on TV. It was it was the thing. Um, and then my kid, my uh, my grandmother got me uh, back in the day, your school would like do these magazine like things. And she got me Spider-Man. So I got, you know, amazing Spider-Man. I started with the Sabretooth Spider-Man issue. I can't think of the name of it right now. The the number off the top of my head. I don't know why I normally know it. Uh, but it was a Sabretooth Spider-Man issue and then started to go into the black costume. Like it was really, really cool stuff. So I just really got all hooked. And then when the X-Men cartoon went over, went on, it was game over, man. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was buying as much X-Men. I was buying as much spawn, you know, going into the nineties for image and spawn and image, you know? So for me, like comics have always been part of my life. I've been collecting since I was 12 years old, never sold, still have all the sh- stuff here. You know, I've, I have a complete run of X-Men since the start of X-Men one. I have every amazing Spider-Man since that saber tooth issue, uh, you know, every appearance of Venom, every appearance of carnage, blah, blah, blah. Like, love i i love the comics i love the industry and then in like 2003 i decided i went to film school and um in it like i realized that it was really hard to produce a film because it cost a lot of money uh <laughs> and i didn't get approved for the same credit cards that kevin smith did yeah, yeah. so i had to come up i had to come up with a new plan um and so i started doing little shorts little little comic books here and there doing stuff uh it was it was mostly so but for me, it was crazy because I created an indie comic and I really thought, and maybe this is young nativity, like it was just going to blow up because that's all I've learned in my entire life, right? I went from Ninja Turtles, you just make an indie comic, everyone yep. buys it, you're rich. <laughs> Image, these guys made indie comics and then they're rich. Yep. Just make it. And you're, and even like, even like you're in New England, so we even had the tick. Like, yep. so we even had even further than that to prove, like, if you just make something, doesn't matter the quality, like, you're good. Yes. <laughs> It's true. I mean, it's uh, that you if you make it, they will come. Or isn't it the the feel of dreams whole mentality too? It's right. like what we've always been ingrained in our head that you just have to if it as long as it becomes out on paper like this, then it, right. you're gonna be fine. And nowadays with web comics, you probably have that even like the younger generation even has it hard, even quote unquote easier to think that they're just gonna make it. Is there anything to get it printed? They just make it into a PDF, right. sell it online. <laughs> but it's, it's wild. It's very wild how that works. But now you're sitting here. So I was introduced to you through Orange Cone with Holly Spirits through some okay. people. Uh, you know, obviously, I got into volume two when you were coming out. I don't – who was it? Was it – it might have been Jonathan Hedrick who had shared okay. something. And I was like, oh, this looks badass because I – uh, people who listen to this podcast, are, it's like a broken record. But I got into uh, comp. I, I love Marvel comic books, but then I started reading more yeah. horror. And I actually have even had a thought process in my LCS this week. It's like my pull list might, might sometime before the end of this year only include independent comic books. There might be a time where there's no Marvel books on that list, even though I used to only get Marvel. And he's yeah. like, I'd like to see that day. And then I keep on seeing like the new list come out. And I'm like, well, okay, maybe I'll get that. And maybe add some. <laughs> Don't know if that's actually going to happen or not. But uh, and then so like seeing this and it was right around Christmas time, obviously, and, and yeah. seeing Holiday Spirit. But then coins of judas obviously and then granite state punk and obviously granite state punk really pulled me in due to the fact that i'm from new england and you see yeah. granite state on anything and that's just like awesome so how did let's start with let's just do a little bit of coins of judas because you have a little bit of news on coins of judas right uh i saw a little bit of post yeah yeah day but um, yeah so we just finished it on wednesday yeah uh so if you 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 are at your local lcs and you picked it up that, that was the second thing we only did a two issue arc um, it's a new format we're trying out. Back in the day, they used to do two and ones, like two issue arcs. Yep. Like it was, it was a thing. Uh, in fact, I just, I just bought one yesterday just because to remind people to. Where is it? Uh, it's the JLA Hitman. Like it was a two two issue series. Like it, it was a thing that used to be. So I wanted to get back to that format. Um, also, because of the time schedule for me and the artist, like getting it, getting it out. So yep. uh, we did the first two uh, for Coins of Judas, and now we just announced that Coins of Judas two uh, is coming out called The Gambler, uh, volume part one is coming out, and it should be out in October. So it'll be in like uh, June's previews. Yeah, and, and that's is that two issue series. Is that the plan on that one too, or is that? Yeah, we're gonna just yeah. keep, keep doing two, two and two, that's two, a, two, 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 two. Which is... spawn on wine and violence. That's another one that's just been a two. 
like they just did that too in with Michael Del Mundo and, and uh, Todd McFarlane did that as well. Uh, speaking of Spawn, when you mentioned earlier, is they're doing that two yeah. issue kind of thing too. And I think it's great because me personally, I liked, I loved Coin of Judas, but like, even if I didn't, I feel like as a completionist, I just two issues, I can buy two issues. That's nothing. Right. Do you mean like, right. it's like, oh, I can commit to two issues. Like, that's like, that's no problem at all. If you're like, oh, this is going to be a, you know, 30 issue series and I wasn't a fan of something or like didn't just grab me you know, tremendously, then it would have been like, yeah, maybe yeah, it's, I'll buy the issue one and I'll move on. But like having that two issues, you're almost guaranteed to sell both to that. Uh, you know, I always said it was like a kid's movie. You know, a kid's movie, you always guaranteed to sell at least two tickets to per family because the kid can't go right. by itself. It has to be the kid <laughs> and the parent and at least one parent. Sometimes it's two parents, so you're getting three. And so I think a horror movie, like you can technically go by yourself. So like it's only one ticket. And so two issue series like this you can get oh yeah guaranteed almost pretty much almost guaranteed someone's gonna buy both issues and that and that's a pretty cool thing in that sense but, well yeah. and I, I think you're right too uh we saw that in the orders so mm -hmm. uh just to to give you some the the wheat or the the wheat that's not the right thing the dirt the okay. dirt that's what i'm trying to say in comics so a first issue for an indie comic uh is going to sell whatever it's going to sell the next mm -hmm. issue issue two is 50 percent drop in diamond where we only had a 25% drop. So I think you're right. I think a lot of even stores were like, oh, this is really easy. I can sell two issues to somebody. I'm not selling them on an ongoing. I'm not doing that. So if we do it as two issue arcs, it'll help. It also gets number ones out there more often, which is great for collectors. Collectors love that. You know, we were super blessed. Key Collector really loved uh, both Coins of Judas and uh, Granite State Punk. So I think that, that that stuff really matters. And I think that you're, you're I think people love it. And I also think it's it's better for readers. Yes. Well, I think it's the complete the, the trade weight, uh, uh, you know, aspect of a lot of people nowadays. They like a five issue series can almost hurt, not hurt, because obviously you're going to get someone to buy your book and, and read it if they with the reading a trade. Um, but like by waiting and just waiting and waiting, waiting for five issues to come out. And if those five issues came out monthly, that's great. But if like there's a couple of issues that I was like, I have 06 protocol over here. That I read issues one and two, and I was like, "What did this just end, or what's going on?" And issue three was like six months later for some weird reason. And then there's like three, four, five, and six is like the next few months. And I'm like, if someone was trade waiting for that, they're gonna wait a year and a half, two years before they can actually finish reading the book. Two issues over a couple of months, you get the you get the your, your finite story. Obviously, you're going into yeah. part one of Gam the Gambler of Quincy Juice as well. But like, you get a beginning and an end that you can actually read a complete story with only two issues, which yeah. is great. And, and I'm guessing it was it hard to force things into two issues or do you think that because you're going to be able to do more uh yeah it's it's a learning process learning it uh you know as you you know it, uh you read going to judas i assume yeah. yes read, yeah it there was a lot of shit that happened yes. in two issues so yes. it, it's it's wild to do it that way uh but uh it, i think it's it's also challenging it's a new challenge uh it's not building a book for the trade which is something that yes. i have to learn you know, because I'm normally building something for a trade. Um, but uh, but but it's also fun. Um, you know, one of the other reasons why we did it, uh, why we decided to come out second issue is just response. Mm -hmm. uh, Coins of Judas sold better than anything else from Band of Barge, which is really good. The, the, the fan base was there. Our goal originally was going to do a just go to Kickstarter after because I have such a great Kickstarter presence. Mm -hmm. Go to Kickstarter for, for the trade. And we were going to do one of those small little hardcovers, you know, but it's so... Then I got one. I got a small 48 page. I think it was like um, Neil Gaiman's uh, mm -hmm. uh, murder uh, murder mystery or like how to pick up girls at parties, yeah. something like that. Like, And I just was like, oh, but Neil Gaiman can pull it off because he's Neil Gaiman. I'm not Neil Gaiman. I got to give more weight. I need more issues in here. This isn't going to work. <laughs> it's like I've, I had this like books that I got from my two-year-old out in the other room. It's like the adaptation, uh, you know, condensed adaptation of the movie Cars. And it's right. like the actual hardcover of it is thicker than the book inside. <laughs> like there's like <laughs> six pages on the inside that are soft cover, soft pages. And then there's this hardcover on the outside, which could kill right. someone. Like he shoves it in my face. And I'm like, you're going to like, I'm not gonna have an eye here pretty soon, but you open it up. You're like, Oh my God, this actual hardcover outside of it is thicker than the actual book. on the inside. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, Neil Gaiman can get away with a lot more than, uh, than, than you. I'm sorry to say, I, I, you know, that I, you admit true. it though. <laughs> Um, would you, do you think though it's one of those things that you could take, like say you do two or three parts of this coins of Judas that could be eventually in a trade together? Would that like yeah, we're, we're definitely sense? our plan is to trade it out. Uh, you know, we'll trade it at the four and put it all together, but it will really read like a two part or two part. Yes. It's not going to read like a traditional trade. That's cool. Uh, which is okay. You know, each yeah. 
you know, uh, each issue of it is going to deal with a, a certain coin and dealing with finding that coin and the demon hunting with it. So they all kind of stand alone on their uh, by themselves. You know, first one obviously had a lot of coins, uh, a lot of demons. We're really most going forward will be more ones just to kind of show as we build this universe in this world, you know, Coins of Judas is really kind of my first super, uh, supernatural slash superhero book. You know, it's really ghost writer ish, you know, my love of midnight suns and all that stuff from when I was a kid is really played out in that, you know? And how did you get partnered up with uh, Tyler, Tyler Carpenter? So Tyler Carpenter and I have been working together for a little bit. Okay. Uh, he's a friend of mine. Um, and, I've had him in my anthology. I do an anthology called Cthulhu Invades. So I've got Cthulhu Invades Oz and Cthulhu Invades Wonderland. He did a story on that. And then I have a book called Broke Down and Four Dead Bodies, which is like a crime noir book. And he did a backup story on that. And he was just a friend. He was a podcaster who also was an artist and really loved the industry. So I've asked him to do a couple of small things. Well, the, the Coins of Judas, how it came out was really interesting. I had submitted that story, like the opening eight pages of The Father. I had submitted that as a Wolfenheart story for um for uh, mad cave like mm -hmm. i submitted it for their talent search uh it didn't get accepted uh and i was like you know this story is really good let me take out woman woman heart add my own character in there add the storyline and then i submitted it to band of bards uh, anthology called tales from the static which just came out a couple weeks ago at jared luhan had a whole bunch of different people on it and they they also said hey this is not going to work but the caveat to that was like, we want to make this a whole series. Is that possible? And I was like, oh, shit. Yes. Um, and I had asked Tyler to do the art because Tyler was a friend of mine. Yeah. He'd do the art. He'd do it for free. We could just get paid on the back end. We didn't have to, you know, invest a whole bunch of stuff in it because we're both kind of doing each other a favor. So he just came on the artist. In fact, manga style is not something I love. Like, that's, that's, a, that's not me at all. Like, it's not something. I think it really fits for the book. I think we did a great job. And that's why you see the color tones are not manga tones. Mm -hmm. Like I, I put a dark, dark coloring stone, like a Automal or like a Stillwater kind of a mm -hmm. color tone on it to go, it's too manga for me. But then we also have the red and white pages, which are also very manga. So it's just kind of give and taking to try to learn this. But I also think it made the book have a unique style. Um, and that's one of the things I thought so about yeah. too, between, between Coins of Judas and Grant State Punk in the sense that like, I hate I, I, Tyler's art works well for Coins of Judas, and then obviously Patrick's work really well for for Granite State Punk. And the yeah. fact that there's sometimes people, you know, obviously not calling out anybody, but like there's people who create and they go, "Oh, this artist is amazing," and they partner with that artist and they do something with it. But sometimes it's just like their writing and the artist just doesn't jive very well together. And you're just right. like, it doesn't work. And then you read something like these, and you realize, like, I wasn't. I obviously didn't know, obviously, but like I didn't know Tyler's work that much, and it was like, oh, this definitely works. They worked well together, and the same thing went on with. And I think I had a couple of notes in my phone when I was reading reading Grand State Punk about how much uh, Patrick is it Vermeer, 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 yeah, yeah. His that artwork with Grand State Punk was just so fitting <laughs> that story. Yeah. It's just like punkish and grungy and and. and gritty and dirty and messy and i was like that fits the patrick could not have done coins of judas if that makes any sense in my opinion obviously Her, patrick's Her, artwork is great that artwork wouldn't have transitioned over i think to coins of judas and that's why i think both artists fit both those books that we're talking about right now in that sense yeah Tyler's well and it's interesting both of those books i i had the artist in mind before him okay so most of the time i write the story that i hire an artist but th both of those like patrick brumeyer was the only guy i wanted for granted Punk. i mm -hmm. wrote that book when i saw his art style and then tyler you know we were doing the thing and then when i was all right this is going to be an ongoing series okay how can i play to his strengths you know mm -hmm. what can i do that's why we have a character that's very mag you know open shirt mask you know big fluffy things and she's very uh irish you know with a short you know, you know pixie cut like designing these characters to to emphasize for them and then even the the monsters i made them very basic to to like emphasize because that's something i noticed in manga like they do like the big bad guys are like very prominent and very cool looking but everything else is kind of basic looking mm. and it's very frustrating to me you know especially as marvel and dc guy like yes. no everybody's gonna look cool and be the yes. awesome but just not the way manga does things you know nope. it, 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 it's insane and i don't i've never really honestly sat down and i've flipped through manga before and and stuff but i've never actually sat down and read 
anything, but like my buddy's LCS is like his ever growing and it's expanding. Right. It's like I'm getting to the point where I'm like worried. I'm like, yeah, but there was comic books there last week. What what the hell's going on here? Now there's <laughs> manga there. And then that's the thing is I always joke with them because I give him shit because all I buy from his shop is comic books. And but he sells right. I have a toy here and there, but like he sells toys, lots of Pokemon cards now. Lots sure. of manga now, but I'm always like joking. I'm like, doesn't that say the science say galactic comics and collectibles? Right. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. And just joking around with the people in there and giving him shit for, but I'm like, let's be honest, the lights are probably on right now because he's selling Pokemon cards, not because he's selling comp. <laughs> right. Sadly enough to say right now, but, but you know, he is doing well. And it's one of those things, but manga, manga is like expanded. I'm like, one of these days, I'm just going to have to pick up a book and read it. And then I listened to a po- what podcast was I listening to? Oh, it was um, uh, David Harper's off-panel podcast. He had on someone from from um, Boom, and they were talking about how their his kid loves manga. But he's like, but well, the problem is there's like 27 volumes. Right. Like I can't I can't afford to buy this for my kid. I'm like, okay, makes sense. It's just the ongoing. <laughs> Speaking of it, is is Granite State going to be an ongoing, or is that a finite series as well right now? So Granite State Punk is a series of one shots. Okay. Um, so I'm writing them as one shots as we go. Uh, reason partly is uh, just financially. Uh, Patrick oh. is a very expensive artist. He's worth every penny. Uh, but there's uh, it's it's a series of one shots. So the next one, the first one's coming out uh, for you guys. You know, uh, you can get it on Orange Cone's website if you want to get uh, the Orange Cone version. But the Scout version, the first one comes out uh, in March. It's actually March 29th. It's got moved from the 15th. Okay. Uh, so it's a couple weeks later. So it's March 29th. Uh, but uh, the next one's coming out in October. Okay. So it'll be March and October. So you'll get uh, Granite State Punk, which is the first one, and then Granite State Punk Breaking Edge, which comes out in uh, October. That's that's really cool. And it's funny. It's, I was trying to think about, like, when I, back when I just, like, was a fringe collector, you'd go into the LCS or you'd go into a store and you just buy whatever's there. Like, you weren't, like, pull us, yeah. pull us. You weren't like looking for the next release. You just looked at the new release shelf. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's a new Superman book or it's a new X-Men book or whatever. Now that I'm actually like paying attention a lot more to like release dates and talking to, to people and stuff like that on the podcast is that I feel like it's one of the few industries that I've seen that like they can just like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's coming out two weeks later. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> shit, shit happens. Like you're like, wait, what? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Or like it's like it's like pushed off months out in the future. And you're just like, wait, I thought it was coming out in March. So I'm glad you said something because it still says on previous world, March 15th. Um, yeah, it's just uh, the reason for yeah. the delay is I sold four variant covers, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, so we sold four variant store exclusive covers. Uh, one of them is going to be uh, April uh, April 15th. I'm going to be in New Hampshire. So if anybody's listening in New England yeah. area, I'm going to be at Concord, New Hampshire at the old school comic show. Yes. They have a 250 VIP thing. And if you buy that VIP, you have uh, a exclusive Granite State Punk cover in that, which is pretty cool. So everybody's going to get it. I'm flying out to to sign it with the artist of the cover, which is pretty cool, Kyle Willis. So I'll be there to do it. And I'll also be in New Hampshire for people in New England, because I especially people in New England, I'll be at Free Comic Day at Jetpack, which I know is a oh, big awesome. thing. Yes. So I'll be at Jetpack signing as well uh on uh, Free Comic Day. That, that's awesome. That's really cool to hear. Cause I mean Free Comic Book Day, we've it's such a cool thing. It's like you have to almost book people to be a guest at a free comic book day event at a uh, local comic book shop like six years in advance because like I feel like we've tried to get people at the LCS in my town and they're just yeah. like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to be at this place. Oh, I'm going to be at this place. And it's like, we need to find someone who's like lives next door to the LCS who's a comic book creator and have them come in because that's the only way they're going to get <laughs> someone to come in. Because <laughs> we've like reached out to a couple of people and they're just like, nope, sorry, I'm busy. And I'm like, okay, how about we book for free comic book day in 2024? Does that work for you? Right. Can we do that now and book you now? So they come up now. Uh, Jetpack's great too. So that's pretty cool. And I'm I'm excited. I'm trying to get, make it to the old school comic show because it's only a few hours away from me. Uh, but like, I've so pumped that that is even happening now. Like, was it last year they did the first one? Or the yeah. year before that? And I like that's just like really cool because I think there's, there's uh, 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 not a, there needs to be more like, I want to do a creator's con. <laughs> Where it's like literally the entire thing is just like some vendors to help make some money and have people come in. But like sure. all of the tables are just creators. They create yeah. comic books. You create something. It could be a book, a novel, artwork, right. whatever. You create something and not, uh, you know, I was in this movie as an extra, which is great. Sure. You know, like meeting those people. But like something where these cons have become more about the what's on screen right. and less what's in the pages. Well, and even like the the, the prints and pins yeah. and like yeah. – you literally grab Jim Lee's X-Men mm-hmm. and like you've made it to shirts and now you're selling them. 
-hmm. you didn't put any effort into it. I'm yep. not trying to say like, I appreciate the hustle, like, yes. but you're literally stealing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely <Exactly>. stealing. <laughs> you're like the person who like sells tumblers or they just like put a sticker yeah. on the outside of it and it's a picture of a comic. If it's Grand State Punk number one right there. <laughs> like, wait a second, right. I didn't get that money. No. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Grant, super I'm excited for those kind of things though, those, like the old school comic book show and things like that with creators. And the list has always been crazy. I think last year when they did it, it was on the same weekend as the Bangor comic and toy cons uh, uh, weekend of the wicked or, or the other one. No, it would have been the other one, the regular one, um, which kind of sucked because where I live in Bangor, we lost out on like a whole day of a couple of the creators right. that were supposed to be at ours because of the same day. And it made more sense for them to go there for that day. So and it's only one day, right? It's like a Saturday. Is that what it is? It's just a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. That's even better. Cause like, okay, commit to one day, you know, to buy, buy multi-day tickets. I don't know. There's something about it. I'm, I'm stewing in my brain with my LCS talking about wanting to do something like that too up here, because I think that'd be cool to do uh, to get well, something. With just I'll happily when I'm in, when I'm in the area, like I come up a couple of times a year, yeah. just cause my family still lives yeah. up in New Hampshire. I'll happily set up a time to come up to Bangor and do that'd a be awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. We love, I mean, we've had, I mean, obviously regular uh, attendees are, are schmalky and them come up yeah. uh, on a regular basis. And actually the LCS myself, uh, the uh, capes and tights in my LCS grant, um, Galactic Comics and Collectibles did a variant cover for um, Schmalky's Seven Years in Darkness nice. before it went to CEX. So it's his like solo release of it, his first, which is gonna be weird to me. Like, which is what's the true number one? Is the number one that Schmalky released or is it the one that was the CEX? I'm trying to figure out how that works if that ever becomes a very valuable issue, which is the actual true number one. Uh, in in the long run, it's gonna be an interesting. Well, movie. wasn't it an Ashcan the, the original one? It was an Ashcan. It's a full pink, comic right? book. The full comic okay. book. It's a. I mean, it's hard to see. I don't know if you can see it, but it's where. Yeah, I got the. I I have there. the pink one because jo Joseph yeah. Smokey and them. I my book was a Black Caravan book back when it. Greta Say Punk was originally a Black Caravan oh, yeah. book. Yeah. Black Caravan. <laughs> Black Caravan, you say? <laughs> um, no, but yeah. So that that that's that's interesting. I'm glad that I mean did it. So what they just do is that when when Black Caravan decided it's not going to be a black caravan book anymore. It just went over to scout. Is that what happened? Correct. Yeah. 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 And I, and I had the choice. I could have pulled it, but you know, you'd already gone through the process. It's yes. already, already there. You know, I like scout as a company. Um, yeah. uh, I know that, you know, there, there's, there's pros and cons of everything, but it, it's already had already gone through the process. I already signed the contract. Why, yeah. why try to set? Cause then I could release it later. Like, I don't want yeah. that. I want this book. Uh, this, uh, Great estate punk is the most personal book to yeah. me. I, I can um, imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's super personal. Uh, it's my favorite book. I think it's the best thing I've ever written. Um, it is it is a, a a beautiful masterpiece. Like and, a, and I don't say that about my work very often, but I, I Patrick's work Weird, is your so head was amazing. getting so big right now. You're right, it was it was massive. I don't I don't say that about my work, but yeah, you know uh, what happened is my grandmother passed away and she left me uh, a decent chunk of change. Um, because my father had died a couple of years prior. And so she just split up what she would have given my dad to yep. uh, my, me and my brothers. Um, so I had this money and it was the first time in my entire comic career that I could be like, you can get whatever artist thing you want. Now you can't do a full series. You didn't get that yeah. much money, but you can do one, one shot, whatever you want. Um, so I started writing a tale and the original concept for Granite State Punk was um, this, it wasn't even called Granite State Punk at the time. It was about this kid who goes home because I was still dealing with the death of my parents. He goes home and finds out his parents were murderers. Uh, and he's having these nightmares at the house and he goes in the backyard and he digs up all the bones like in like in in what happens in the issue. Um, but then I set it in New Hampshire to make it a little bit more personal. And then I realized I was mad about the old man in the mountain. <laughs> like, and I needed yes. to, I needed to address it because yes. for me, like living in Florida, I'm like, motherfuckers, put it back up. Exactly. Like, no, we decided. Like, no, motherfuckers. Exactly. I know I don't get a vote or say I don't live here, but put that shit back up. <laughs> well, it's 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 funny to think about because I was I don't know if I was driving behind someone with a New Hampshire plate on, and I'm like, how much is attached in the state of New Hampshire to the old right. man in the mountain? And it's like someone who, like, even someone who was born and raised in New Hampshire. They're born this year in New Hampshire. 10, 15 years from now, they're gonna be like, why the hell is this face <laughs> of the mountain everywhere? Can I go see it? And they're like, no, actually you can't anymore. Sorry. It's just <laughs> like, it's, it, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. Yes. So let me, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I want to read, I say quick, but uh, uh, Zeke 
but the the the, the solicitation for issue uh, on on uh, previews world is Zeke has just gotten released from prison and is now living in the last place he ever wanted to be his dead parents' house. For years, he tried to drown every ounce of the memories of this place his in his uh, messed up childhood. Zeke is now forced to confront confront it and the revelation that his past is filled with the occult. Punk rock, dark magic, and the connection its connection to New Hampshire's most historic landmark, the old man on the mountain. And I, like I said, first of all, I think I titled my 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 discussion about this on our website. Uh, New Englanders will love this because there's this like you not only just talk about New Hampshire in here, but you also travel over to the the you know, Salem, Massachusetts, and the connection yeah. with witches and things like that. So like that to me was like okay. And I lived in Massachusetts for ten years, and so like. And I lived in I mean I lived in Salem, New Hampshire for a little bit too. So like there's this and my aunt and uncle, my aunt and my cousins live in Rochester. So this whole connection to New England and then me being here, I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. There's a comic book based in New England. I love this thing because I feel like I don't know why it was me because I live in New England that I feel like we get a short side of things. We don't actually end up on things in in magazines. I think uh, I talked to Daniel Krauss about his comic books, but I also talked about the Living Dead he wrote with George A. Romero. And in there, the first chapter or second chapter one of the people's parents end up moving to Bangor, Maine. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, I think I was listening to it in an audiobook and it just came, so they said Bangor, Maine on the audiobook. I'm like, what is going on right now? And it, I just felt like, I don't know why, but like when people pick random places in their books or their novels or their whatever, we don't tend to get Bangor, Maine. It's not like something that people get to pull out or anything in New England. It's usually like Bismarck, Montana. Or something like that. It's like middle of the country. And so reading a book that has to do with New Hampshire was like, oh, yeah. And obviously your connection is the reason why. It's not just you happen to pick New Hampshire. You're obviously from New Hampshire. so Right. Well, I, yeah. I wanted to write exactly where I was from. So, you know, it's set right mm-hmm. in Rochester, New Hampshire, right where I'm from. Uh, but I wanted to do um, Urban Legends of New Hampshire. So mm-hmm. when you get to the second issue, we go to Hampton. Goody Cole was the first witch that was ever put on trial in New Hampshire. So that we handle that in Hampton. Uh, I come back to Dover, New Hampshire at issue three. Uh, we, we Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> but we're, we're dealing with some, uh, there was a big uh, industrial fire that killed a whole bunch of kids and families. And they say that the, the place is still haunted. So that's kind of the core of it. And in fact, Salem, New Hampshire is actually one of my goals to write a book there and be a welcome to Salem. Um, and then write mass and then cross it out NH because I've always remember when I was a kid, I was like, I've been to Salem. There's no witches there. What are you talking about? It took years for me to be like, Oh, that's a different Salem. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, typically you see like there obviously is other places in other states that are named the same city or town name as that, but it's usually not that close to each other. Right. Like it's like a maybe 45 minute drive hour drive. If, if it's less than that, it's, I don't even know. I don't, it's been 10 years. I've been too long since I've driven that that drive, uh, but it's close. Right. And yes, if you sit right in the middle, like if I, I lived in Andover, Lowell, and that area too, like you could potentially be like, which way are you going to Salem? You're like, which Salem are you talking about? This way or this way? <laughs> like, because I could go either way right now. Um, but I was trying to explain my, my wife has grown up in Maine uh, her entire life. And and when I used to go to the New Hampshire area, uh, I was like, oh, I'll go to Target. And you go, which one? Because in in most places, in busier places in the world, there's multiple places you can go. Here, it's like Target. There is only one. It's like Augusta is the next closest Target to us, and that's a couple hours away. And it's like one of those funny things about living in that area. I'm like, which one? The one in Salem or the one in Salem? Because there's one in either place, (laughs) and there's two Salems. But yeah, uh, the connection is great. I love that. I love the actual, like, because obviously Salem, Massachusetts has been known in, in a bunch of movies in, in history because obviously the witch trials and stuff like that too. But how connecting that to New Hampshire and the old man on the mountain was a great uh, you know story on that sense too. And again, that punk esque like if you're like if people turn to punk, they're gonna also like this book because it has that gritty punkness to it uh, that that you don't actually see a lot of times in comic books, which is really cool. Well, yeah, and I I think I didn't realize it at the time because I I was a. Uh... You know, when I growing up, I was not punk. I was not any. I was kind. I actually wore all black and a trench coat. I was Hubert the Highlander. I basically just didn't want to get laid. Uh, That was my plan uh, (laughs) actively. Um, But New Hampshire, when I started writing, I just realized how punk rock New Hampshire's mottos are. Right, live free or die. Like no seatbelt. Like no alcohol, except for if you get them from explicit alcohol. 
That's we a, own the liquor only on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> so only drink right off the highway. Like, no tax, no income taxes. It. Like it's just like this no freedom. Like this, this really punk rock lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but New Hampshire is anything but punk rock, <laughs> which is also the other thing that I love about punk rock. Because for me, punk rock is kind of a state of mind. It's more than yeah. just the music. It's it's a person who's like, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to solve the fucking world's problems. Blah 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 blah. Oh, you're gonna do any of those things? Oh no, fuck oh, that. No, like, I, mean, no, no. <laughs> I just know how to. I'm not gonna actually go through right. with that. I just know how to. <laughs> like I could fix it, you know. And then even like the political parties in New Hampshire, no offense in New Hampshire, but yeah. like Democrats are basically Republicans who like parks. Yes. Like they're not the same, right? Mm-hmm. You go to Mass if you want a real Democrat who's like changing <laughs> everything. A Democrat in New Hampshire is just like, but we really like parks, and those Republicans don't. Oh, okay. it is so funny because so, like. It, the, the border to Massachusetts and New Hampshire is like, is is there's so many people who shop from Massachusetts in New Hampshire because of the no you know no ta- sales tax and things like that. Right. So there's like that that connection that right over the border of this thing. And you mentioned like the real Democrats in Massachusetts, and then you have your I hate to say fake Democrats in New Hampshire. Um, obviously states have borders, but like living right. on the border of a state, the states are somewhat not polar opposite, but so such different states. Uh, in that sense, it's, it's pretty funny too. And again, that connection between Salem and Salem, I love the idea of crossing off MA and putting New Hampshire, like it's the better <laughs> Salem. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's wild, uh, you know, and and I love the state. I really yes. do, you know, uh, and it took a while, you know, um, uh, I haven't been, I've been very affirmed. My parents were both drug and alcohol, very, very abusive uh, in that aspect. Uh, you know, my dad died of an overdose. Uh, my mom went into AA but also still died even though she was clean because she didn't take drugs for so long. She had uh she had back surgery, took drugs for the pain. She had an aneurysm that popped in her chest and then was draining inside of her. And she didn't know because she had not taken drugs. So like, so it's such a mess, you know, just a lot of bad things have happened. My best friend was gunned down by the cops and I got to witch it cause he was into drugs. So it's, it's <sighs> been a while, but I had a, I have a two-year-old and and because I thought I was done, I have a 20, a 20, oh, 21 year old in March, and then I have a two year old. And I thought it was done. I was like, there's no reason to go back to that state except for my family. And they would far rather come to Florida. So, mm-hmm. like, I can make yes. this work. <laughs> uh, but then when that happened, my brother, I, my son, I was like, you know, I need to find my love for the state again. Like, I need to get over the pain. Because when your family dies, when your parents die, like, it weighs on you. It, mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. does. Like, it doesn't seem the same. Like, the war, like, when you, you always like, oh, I can go home. My parents will always take me in. Oh no, they're gone. Like that's not going to happen. Now you have to rely on your brother and you never want to, you know, me being the oldest, I never want to go to my brother's house. That's like a, like, no, like, that, like I've really messed up if you, you, you using the younger brothers. Yes. So it's trying to build that and see that and trying to love. And this, this book has really got my love for the state back. Uh, and I've been able to tell and I'm, I'm allowed to rant about the things yeah. that I don't yeah. like in society and in New Hampshire specifically about like the hypocrisies of it. Uh, and it's a lot safer than doing that in Florida because we have yes. a lot of bigger guys in the political <laughs> spectrum. <laughs> well, it's also it's also fun that knowing you're from New Hampshire, but also living in another state, writing about New Hampshire, it's very, very, very easy. And you see it a lot where someone writes about the place they're in living in that place so like right. if you still live full-time in rochester new hampshire it's it's just like okay well he's just writing about what's around him okay right. i can understand that but like living in another state right now even though you're from this area the idea of like basing it in that area and not in florida uh you know because yeah. obviously it would make a lot more sense that way uh to do that but yeah it's it's a it's it's one of those things that when i i i've had some notes down about writing a book a comic book and like the idea that I would want to base it in Maine, but only because the fact that very rarely do things happen in Maine in comic books. And that's the reason why I want to do it. Not because I'm from here, but like the idea that like, I want someone else from Maine to read something that's based in Maine. And it's always pissed me off when Stephen King's adaptations of his movies or his books come into movies and they don't film a freaking thing in Maine. You're like, that's not Bangor, what? Maine. I'm sorry. Or Gary, Maine. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not Maine. That's freaking Vancouver, Canada. <laughs> Stop this. Madness, no. Uh, and if they've ever got picked up and adapted, I'd want this comic book right. to be based. Like, we're gonna shoot this in Maine. I don't care about tax breaks. We're shooting right. this in Maine. But yeah, so that I'm basing it in the place that you're from is a great, almost a crutch well, for some people. But I under, like it makes sense for you if that makes any sense. Yeah, but I mean, I think you need to calm down about that filming. It's vacation land. Clearly, everyone goes to Maine for vacation. Like everyone, they go to, like, <laughs> they go to Bar Harbor. 
Like, well, I was trying to figure that out. Like, you know, so my friends uh, at the Bangor Comic and Toy Con and in the main Comic and Toy Con now, uh, they they added a, a convention in Portland, so they're now doing one in April in Portland, and they're right. doing one in uh, in Bangor in October, and, and so like they're doing the two cons, two different places in the state, uh, which has been pretty cool to, for them to do. Is I was thinking when when. I honestly feel like a lot of the guests they were able to book in Bangor to come, whether it be comic creators or movie people or anything, right. was the fact that they could tack on a couple of days and go to Bar Harbor. Like, it's not that hard to just say, okay, I'm going to add on at the beginning or the ending of my time here, I'm going to add on um, a day and just go on vacation because I'm already there. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, will they get that same thing with Portland? <laughs> like, Portland is like Portland's just another city, in my opinion. Like, it's not like there's right. nothing like crazy amazing about Portland for visitors and so like my thought process that they are still gonna attack those days on and just drive a couple hours north to go to bar harbor or they're gonna go to like boston like or salem new hampshire <laughs> because you yeah. know which which stuff but though like, salem, salem new hampshire <laughs> yes but like yeah but i just thought to myself i'm like is that is, is that is a sales tactic to people to come and i'm like well i guess there is a lot of things that the cheaper or better direct flights into portland than there are other places but yeah i was just thinking to myself i'm like that's probably why they got a lot of people to come to bangor is because of the fact that they can actually see what what Maine is known for, which is more the Bar Harbor area, not not the Portland Maine or the Kittery Maine. The outlets in Kittery Maine are pretty cool, though, you know. <laughs> oh, it's no, funny. I, 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 so, so for okay. me, I, I I grew up in so Rochester's right on the border of Lebanon, Maine. So my mom mm -hmm. lived in Lebanon, and I, I live in New Hampshire. Uh, and then uh, we had a camp up in Shapley, Maine, so okay. uh, at Crystal Lake. So there was a lot of stuff. But I used to love going to the comic stores up there. I remember, I don't remember, I think I think it's in Bangor, actually. It's a comic store that was upstairs. It's like a record shop downstairs and like a comic and card game upstairs. Um, I can't remember. It was right across the street from like a theater. Um, yeah, there's a there's a place called Top Shelf Comics in downtown Bangor. Yes. Yes. And it's changed owners and, and different things that have happened. He's, he's used to be across the street. Then that building burnt down. Oh, okay. Now. He's across the street from that. Yeah, he's the he's one of I think there's now three technically. My LCS is in Bangor. It's Galactic Comics. He opened in three years ago, and then there's another small one by a movie theater. But now that yeah, that he's still there. Uh, but he's, he's yeah. it was him and a guy. So the guy who owns it now does most of the coin stuff, and then his partner was the comic book guy, and the comic book guy yeah. kind of like sold his part of the business. And so it's go you go in there now, and you're just like, I want to buy a comic book, and he's like, You sure you don't want to buy coins? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a little so different what you're now, saying is why. coins of judas could do really well there see there's that and that, so that's funny how you say that is that i talked to adam caesar and david stole from dead mall over at uh, uh dark horse and i was right. like the 2021 and 2022 bangor comic and toy cons happened at the bangor mall in abandoned stores like they just basically like stores right. that didn't have businesses in them and I said, you guys would have killed it. It would have been so meta to have like a table <laughs> with dead mall written on it in a dead mall. It would have been like right. the perfect thing for you guys. I'm like, why didn't you come up with this idea two years ago and get it published? And he's like, uh, I'm like, well, maybe we'll get it again sometime at a mall. Um, but yeah, no. <laughs> not yeah, uh, not that... a, the coin store that sells coins of Judas. I could see that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all I in. I'm all in. I mean, it's possible. I don't even know, honestly, if that store still buys many independent comic books anymore. It's a little not to <laughs> shit on anybody, but that, uh, Galactic so Comics and Collectibles in Bangor, Maine, is the place to go to get your indie. That's comics. that's the place. Yes, uh, and he has. He's getting the Granite Steak Punk will be coming in uh, on on well, I guess March 29th now, uh, not March 15th because two week delay. Jeez, no, I'm kidding. Um, I've already read it, so it's not like. Well, and if you if you read Scout books, and I'm not trying to be mean yeah. to Scout, two week delay is actually very nice. Yes, it is. Like, <laughs> they have been struggling to to get back since the the paper shortage. Yes, yes so, exactly. So two week is actually very very generous for for a Scout comic. What I want though is being from New England and having I I wasn't really punk esque esque, but I I went to local shows and like things like that. And I wore black, and yeah. you know I I was, I was definitely more in that grungy style is that I do know that uh, they're coming out with a legendary size of the recount from uh, Jonathan Hedrick. And yeah. I do, I think a legendary size, uh, you know, Grand State Punk would be pretty badass uh, in the future. So if that does ever get to happen, I think, I don't think you can see it either, but I do have a legendary on the wall, Phantom Star Killer too. Of, yeah. Uh, but a legendary Yeah, they've only done a few. Great. I mean, I think yeah. White Ash, mm -hmm. uh, the some of the Black Caravan stuff, and then Recount yeah. is probably the only thing outside of that, you know? Yeah. I do know that they're, we... they're gearing up for recount volume two, so or 
year two or term two, whatever the hell it's called. And so I'm guessing that they're trying to get some publicity in there for that too. So, well, you know, Jonathan lives in my, my town here. Sorry. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, Jonathan, no, Jonathan Hendrick. He is the most listened to episodes on our podcast. Okay. We're, nice. we're, we're, this is episode 87 and he has been on here twice and those still to the time have been the most listened to podcasts out there. Uh, and he's also a very good self promoter. So that's probably why, but like, right. <laughs> he's very good at talking about himself. I love Jonathan. Jonathan's a great dude. Yeah, no, no, he's great very dude. good I love at promoting them. himself. So that's. But, uh... but yeah, they. Uh, so you have had those two books, Grand State Punk and Coins of Judas. Obviously, I bought and I mentioned earlier, uh, I was a Kickstarter uh, backer for Holiday Spirits. Is there going to be yep. more Holiday Spirits at some point? Yeah, think, yeah, or... yeah. We're working on Volume Three, and we've got some crazy people in in Volume Three, like That's like awesome. uh, on the talent pool. We got Jared Azan. We've got uh, the guy who does Kilchella Mario. I can't think of his last name right now. Um, we've got uh, Swamp Dogs. I don't know if you read that by GT Holt. He's going to yep. be in it. Like we've got some really big names uh, in in the third volume. Um, in fact, even Holiday Spirits 1 is going to be in the direct market. I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, in December, uh, Holiday Spirits Volume 1 will be in the direct market through Band of Bards. Okay, nice. So th that's awesome. It'll come out. Uh, it'll be, we'll add a couple of stories to it. So it'll be slightly different than that. But uh, for the most part, it'll be that that first volume, that's which awesome. has Jonathan Hendrick in it. Yes, he's, he's, I like his writing. He's got some cool stuff coming out too, uh, coming up and coming out. And I've read, he's got a new book coming out at Scout actually uh, here pretty soon. Yeah, he's got Quicksand, uh, yeah. Yeah, Quicksand coming out. He gave me an advance on that. I think, honestly, the email going out might actually have a uh, a little blurb from us uh, saying how we like the book and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, and then you have, so Holiday Spirits, Grand State Punk is coming out at the end of the month of March. Uh, Coins of Judas is available now. Um, yep. You sold out. Are you? Did you go into second printing on that? We are, uh, we're still on the fence of second printing. Okay. Because uh, there hasn't been, uh, because it's an independent publisher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Diamond has to request it, and they haven't got the number up of, of okay. requests. So if you request it through your LCS, yes. that's going to help get yeah. that second printing. But uh, you can get it from the website, Band of Bards. Okay, that's com. cool. So you can do that too. And then obviously, you, I saw, did you post another thing about a Kickstarter, super delicious sing-along comic book? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have I have Kickstarters all, all this year. But right now, we have a kid's book out uh, called uh, Super Delicious Sing-Along Blog, Cottage Cheese, which is a kid's book uh, that comes with a song. Uh, about cottage cheese and about uh, the love of cottage cheese. <laughs> um, it's uh, was written by my wife and uh, written for my son who only eats cottage cheese for for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, so that's there. But you could also buy all the Orange Cone backlogs. So you could buy Broke Down and Four Dead Bodies, Voodoo Nations. Um, what else we got? Cthulhu Invades Oz and Wonderland and Expired. Pop Van Winkle. You could buy both of Granite State Punks if you don't want to wait until the the time you can get both uh gonna say punk uh regular and and breaking edge on that so that, that's awesome and you obviously are on twitter uh at jester lou on both twitter and instagram yeah. Correct, there. Yeah. and and uh but substack is yes, I say and travis gibb.substack.com i think that's what it is nowadays yep yeah. yeah. and you can nominate our friend over here on for the Ringo Awards too. Uh, if you guys want to go on there and do that, I, I recommend doing that. You're you can put yourself in for best writer, correct? Um, yep. And as well as obviously Patrick uh, Brumeyer, you can put him in for best artist. Uh, is it Jerome Gagnon or what is it? Gagnon. Gagnon. Yeah. Gagnon. I can't. Uh, who also worked with you on uh, Holiday Spirit? So check that out. Uh, he's a in fact, that's writer. his book. You know, even though the. It's my company. That's his book. He came up with that book. That was his concept. I only came up with the the spirits part. Okay. Of it. Like, did the, he uh, did he letter or the whole thing, or did he he? Uh, I don't think all of them in that one, okay. but most of them he did. And then okay. for Cthulhu Invades, he he does all of them. He does all my books, all lettering for okay. all my books. And I, I'm adding more. I just had two letterers on, so I'm like, maybe I'll talk to other letters in the future. But I feel like at some point you can only letter so many people. Like people will get, I got to listen to an episode with lettering on. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, we had Justin Birch. He's the yes. he's the man. He's, the, he's man. the man. And then also DC Hopkins came on as well. So we got nice. two all star people. And you should have get... a lettering like roundtable. There you go. <laughs> and Micah Myers, uh, I'm trying to get Micah Myers on too. So that'd be a good one too. And obviously Jerome nice. would be great too. But um, Patrick with best cover as well. Best single issue at uh, Grant State Punk and best anthology with, uh, how do you say that? Cthulhu? Did I say that? Cthulhu right? invades. Yeah, Wonderland. Wonderland. Yep. Yeah. So uh, RingoAwards.com. You can you can uh, enter 
for the getting on the nominating stuff on that too because Ringo is a pretty cool and I filled out a couple of the, I, there's some things I'm like, I don't read web comics. So I'm just going to skip this. I don't know who to put in for web comics. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. It's a great thing. And it's up and coming and people are not up and coming. I should say it's kind of a stupid thing to say, but like it's growing in the web comic, right. uh, you know, industry. And so like, I thought I should probably read some, uh, I, I do read a lot of digital on my iPad. So I don't know why I wouldn't read a web comic. It just, it seems funny not to, uh, cause Alex but is isn't doing it those too, right? Or not Alex, uh, Rich is doing those for, for Marvel. Uh, he's doing those. Is it, isn't ones. it super wild? Um, like you and I love comics. It sounds yes. like you've loved comics most of your life. Uh, yes. that we can go into a bookstore and there is tons of kids' comics that are selling buco bucks, or they yes. wouldn't have like 12 volumes yeah. of it, like Dog Man. Yeah, and we have no idea who these people are. Yes. And yes. then we go to the webtoons, and like this guy is a superstar in webtoons. Yeah. I was like, I don't know who you who are. And I'm like, and I, I have a two year old, so maybe that will be something I will get into because I want like that kid to like love comic books. So maybe they'll, right? That's the entry to it. And I guess like I, I, I do read horror comic books, so I'm definitely not gonna be like, hey, read this, <laughs> hey, son, read this book about oh, that guy's getting murdered. I'll explain that to you somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is kind have of funny. Have you What was that again? Audible, no. okay, so that, that book's set in New Hampshire, so you should okay. read its vault. It's a horror book. False, false grade. I did not know it was in New Hampshire. It's like issue three, and they have a sign and like Rochester, New Hampshire, this way, Concord, this way. I was like, "Well, you guys are in New Hampshire." <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I was uh, just uh, uh, listening to um, Mark Bernard and uh, over from he was on Fat Man Beyond. He's a writer or something like that. And he was talking about yeah. how uh, when in the Luke Cage comic books they drew Harlem and things like that, and they're like, "This is obviously drawn by a person." who knows Harlem, but has never been there because it didn't look like this. So, <laughs> so at least when, if you were to draw things like you were saying or write things about uh, right. New Hampshire or this one, they've been there. People hopefully will be able to get it right. So the sign for Rochester hopefully is, or whatever New Hampshire is, I'll hopefully. Uh, yeah. yeah, you could tell it was like in the Hoptington area, okay. but it was, it was really, really cool to have that. I mean, and then the blue book this week is set in New Hampshire. Yes, yes, you're right. Michael you're right, Megan actually, Google. yeah. I haven't read it oh. yet, but... Uh... Do you know who it's, wrote Audible? It's, it's, it's Dino Krauss. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is Dino Krauss, who's been Hampshire on the guy? podcast. Uh, no, oh, he's okay. from like Indiana or Chicago. <laughs> What's he doing writing about our stuff? I don't know. <laughs> he's uh, He's been on here and he's there's some things I can't say about, but we're potentially working on something for this summer for his new book. Uh, oh, that's nice. about all I can say uh, out loud on a recording. Uh, you I, might I be able to hear this. a little thing when we press stop. So, <laughs> they, oh, ooh, do you remember? Yes, do you remember yes. these covers? Yes. So New Hampshire had Spider Man for some yes. reason on the the. Spider Man's never been to New Hampshire. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing about it, he's never been to anywhere there isn't tall things because he can't like. Right. It's like the trees are only so tall in New Hampshire. Maybe that's how the mountain, mountain man, old man on the mountain fell. Spider Man went like this and pulled it down. No, um, that's pretty awesome though. Which yeah, so Spider Man variant, yeah. which is so good. That's awesome. But yeah, so check obviously check out Travis and everything he's doing. He's kicking butt and and, and taking names and punk names. Uh, I'm excited to have these now. Uh, I took them out. I think I'm gonna put them on my shelf though. I think the bags and boards were great, but I think I need to have them so I can see them. Yeah, keep cone. your free bags and boards. The little orange cone on the side of it. Yeah, keep, um, keep your bags and boards. It's smart. But, so when you when these inevitably get optioned or something like that, are you going to force people to watch them on the VLC player on the computer? Because isn't that the VLC logo is an orange cone? Not that that orange cone, but I'm just saying, I think it's an orange cone. And it's like their like, icon. So I feel like you have to play I, this. I, I'm in not that aware player. of that. <laughs> but yeah. Maybe, uh, no, then, uh, for... Go ahead. I, for Orange Cone, the reason why we came up with that is it's, you know, my thought was when you see an Orange Cone, you have to take notice. It could be mm -hmm. bad. It could be an accident right here, or it could be they're building a new skyscraper or a amusement park. You don't know. And that's that's what I want my company. Just just stop and take notice. Pay attention. If you like it, cool. If you and in Rochester, if you see an Orange Cone, it's also more likely that there's a pothole right there, too, in right. New England. So just move around that and, and caution right. for that thing. Uh, right. and, and that's that's pretty funny on that. But yeah, so you got Coins of Judas available, Band of Barks, and then you got a Grant State Punk available at, in March at Scout. Right. And uh, you're going to be in New Hampshire 
uh, a couple times. It sounds like uh, the old school. And MegaCon. Uh, if, if people are coming Megacon. out to MegaCon, MegaCon's a big con in Orlando. So I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Lots of exclusives for Granite State Punk will be there. Also, speaking of exclusives for Granite State Punk, uh, I don't know if you know about Scott, they do a VHS variant. Yes. So like uh, you'll randomly get a variant. Granite State Punk, because of our sales, got a uh, VHS variant. So make sure you're on the lookout trying to get that if you're 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 hunting. Yes, because I have a couple of those. I mean, we we don't kill spiders is the one that I think I have right here somewhere. Um, but yeah, and then uh, obviously Substack, uh, you know, TravisGib.substack.com, and obviously that's where all your links to all your social stuff is on there as well. So check that out uh, on yeah. there. Uh, and honestly, it's so funny because Travis Gibb, if you just type it in Google, you, there's all kinds of things that come up. But if you type Travis Gibb comic, then all the stuff comes up for you. So you just do that too. <laughs> That's the way we live in this world. We have to type in like someone's name and then comic book after it. And like, okay, well, you're definitely, you're definitely going to get the people that write comic books that way because right. people don't have their names connected to comic books unless they're actually in comic books. Well, here's the thing. So uh, I'm my last name's Gibbs. So a yeah. famous Gibbs are the Bee Gees. Barry mm-hmm. Gibb. Uh, well, Barry Gibb has a son. He is 42 years old, 44 years old. I am 44 years old. His name is Travis Gibb. My name is Travis Gibb. We not both live in person. Florida. We are not the same person, regardless of the messages I get all the time. Um, well, I've never that, seen that, you like, in the same place at the same time, so I don't believe this. <laughs> and we both have this stupid thing. See this, like, cut in between our thing. Like, that is a Gib, like, family. Like, my, my mother-in-law does the family tree. She's like, you're not related to him. I was like, motherfucker, I am. Look at Damn, that. This is perfect. Right <laughs> we here. both have this stupid thing. <laughs> that's amazing so i keep up the great work dude i mean i'm very excited you, to see man. how this go and i think uh, uh, you know people can take uh some ideas too if you ever want to start a kickstarter because uh, travis does a great job at running these kickstarters out there uh you've had like i don't know 15 18 of them so far that i've seen and and it's been a little crazy more. <laughs> and and it, it kickstarter is a great way to do this and, and honestly there's some publishers like boom for example have have you know picked out different projects to, to kickstart as well, which is a great thing too for the comic book industry to get that back in the the mindset of you know Kickstarters can you can get some really cool exclusive things uh, that you can't get anywhere else, and it's a proven concept to the idea that like if you're going to say I want this special cover, and you basically get a pre order for it, you know you're not going to be like you know eating the money on making right. this thing because now you know I have a hundred people who want this exclusive cover, I can make a hundred of them and and be good with it. So uh, Kickstarter is a great place to to start these comic books and, and well and if you're a fan of covers too i can't reprint any of the any of the covers i do for great state punk on kickstarter will not be used by scout so so like it you're you know so if you want a cover from that like you're gonna have to figure out a way to get it you know from me directly exactly so and check out like i said he's gonna be at cons and different things but if you're in new england check out the old school show because i'm excited for that one too i'm gonna try to get down there for that Look at that scout comic shirt on there how do you get one of those you have to write a comic yeah. book for them or yeah, it's just uh, they give it to me for free, um, which is nice. It was a nice, nice thing. I went out to the, the store. Yeah, I, okay. uh, I, is I, the back say I, I wrote a comic book for Scout and all I got was this lousy T-shirt? Right, right. I also got one from Band of Bards uh, and a lot from Marvel. So I assume that I must write for Marvel as well. Correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess nowadays it's like All Hallows Eve. I guess you could have done something for Marvel with these things. But yeah, uh, they're doing this now, Hall. <laughs> But Jerome does a great job with the logos. These are amazing. (laughs) Unlike the new Marvel logos that have been coming out recently. I'm very upset with those, but very good. with. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on and joining us and chatting. Uh, Comic books, Granite State Punk, Coins of Judas, Kickstarter. Check them all out. Anything else you want? Oh, you're also, are you doing, I saw you recording something. Are you doing some sort of podcast or or video thing now? all right, so I don't do a podcast, but I do a podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I I I don't want to be a podcaster. That's not what I want to do. But I do two podcasts. One of them is every other Monday, I do comics book level up. So I'll take a writer, um, and or artist, and I will go over their catalog and tell them how much I love them. Basically, okay. it's a love fest about <laughs> yeah. how yeah. much I love the work that they do. We talk about it in great detail and kind of talk about leveling up as I'm trying to level up and like, cause this is my first year in the direct market. You know, I've just been a Kickstarter creator for the last four years. So my fifth year, I'm, I'm really doing that. So we do that. And then I do a creator hangout, uh, but that's really to sell like Kickstarters and stuff like that. And those are when I feel like it. it's not yeah. like a yeah. set time or whatever, but yeah, we, we have that. So comic level up for you, if you're interested in that and you want, want to learn more about that. But yeah, that's awesome. And I felt like when you run your own, like there's no parent person telling you who you have to have on your podcast. You realize that you only talk to people that you like 
So like, there's never this right. like person who's like, oh no, you have to have Travis Gibb on. He's got a book coming out, and I read the book, and I'm like, it's not that great. And then I have to talk right. to that person. It's like, okay, at least like this is like, yes, I can understand why you you're only gonna put people on your level up thing that you want to talk to. So obviously right. the entire time is just gonna be like, oh by the way, I'm just gonna like dote on you this entire time and tell you how much I love your work because I wouldn't have you on right now if it wasn't the case. Yeah, it's it's been so fun talking to people, and I think people appreciate it because yeah. people, you know, even in this podcast, we're we're only talking about what's new, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Uh, especially, you know, you're, yes. you're a new reader, a new stuff, but it's really good to go to that back catalog, yes. especially someone like a Pat Shand, who's been doing this for like 20 years. Like, mm -hmm. let's go in that back catalog and really talk about where it came from, because we're proud of the stuff that we've created, but we're always just talking about the new thing because that's the thing we got to sell. So what's great about that podcast, we're not, I'm not trying to sell anything. Like yes. my objective is not to sell their book. My objective is to sell their book is good. So this week, uh, today, so at 9 p.m., yep. uh, I had this interview at 9 a.m. at 9 p.m. We have Doug Wagner, uh, so okay. from Plush yep. uh, for Image, uh, you know, did plastic, did vinyl. Uh, we have him on tonight. We're going to talk about what's it like to be an image creator and what all that going. Plush is unique, people. It is very a, uh, unique book. <laughs> <laughs> I picked it up off the shelf and I was like, oh, this it's interesting. That's what I should say. Interesting. It's very interesting. You should read yeah. it because it's very interesting. But yeah. Uh, awesome. I really appreciate it. Uh, and, you know, go take a nap before tonight because you're going to need that rest up and, and, you know, save your vocals for that podcast because you need that to talk to Doug Wagner. Nice. 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 Well, I got I got a co-host though, so he can he can cover me. Uh, can cover I you. like to just drink Guinness during it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Travis. Uh, Thank you. Yeah.